guess who's back? Back again. <laughs> it's Christmas in July and we're back at I don't even know. <laughs> I was trying to come up with a way to like intro <laughs> different than usual. Did not work. You did out. great though. I tried. Well, hey everybody. We are Chasing Childhood and we are back for episode 95. My name is Steph. And I'm Lex. And we are a weekly podcast where we revisit our favorite childhood movies and video games to see if they still hold up as adults. Merry Christmas in July, everyone. Woo! Merry Christmas. <laughs> How you doing over there, buddy? Doing great. I listened to Christmas music yesterday and yes. I watched Home Alone 2 and I could only do it because Tyler was out of the apartment for the whole day. So. <laughs> Otherwise, he probably would have vetoed everything that happened. Absolutely everything. What about you? What a Scrooge. Um, I lit a pine candle. I yes. listened to the Nutcracker soundtrack. And oh, I so good. am currently drinking a peppermint mocha from Starbucks. Listen, it's only fair that we get Christmas twice a year. Like I feel yes. like it doesn't make sense to have it once a year. You have to have it twice. Seriously. And it's also super fitting because I am currently home alone. So this like never happens. <laughs> I am home alone. That's amazing. I am Kevin. <laughs> All right. So we are continuing our month of sequels with today's film. We are watching Home Alone 2. So we'll start with some background info and fun facts about the making of Home Alone 2. Then we're going to play a little game, then get into our review and decide whether this film still holds up 30 years after its release. So Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, is the full title of this film, although I just refer to it as Home Alone 2. Yes, It's a 1992 American Christmas comedy film and the second film in the Home Alone franchise, obviously. Um, like the first film, this sequel was also directed by Chris Columbus and written and produced by the late, great John Hughes. For Home Alone 2, Macaulay Culkin reprises his role as Kevin McAllister, Joe Pesci comes back as Harry, Daniel Stern as Marv, John Hurd, and Catherine O'Hara reprise their roles as Mr. and Mrs. McAllister, and several other characters come back. This film also welcomes new characters, played by Tim Curry, Brenda Fricker, Rob Schneider, and Eddie Bracken. Apparently, John Hughes finished writing Home Alone 2 by February 1991 after signing a six-picture deal with 20th Century Fox, and filming for the movie started in December 1991. The film was theatrically released in the United States by 20th Century Fox on November 20th, 1992. Wow. That's a quick turnaround. Like, I think they started filming in, uh, in May 1991. Or sorry. Sorry, May 1992 or something. That's crazy because like didn't Home Alone come out in like 1990? So this was yeah. right on its heels. This was like right after. Seriously. I mean, I feel like the first movie wasn't even done and John Hughes was already working on the second. <laughs> He's like, I got more to say. Yes. <laughs> He's like part two. Right. Overall, Home Alone 2 received mixed reviews from critics with praise for the performances, but criticism for its darker tone, use of violence, and similarities to the first film. The film grossed over $359 million worldwide on a $28 million budget. Wow. Home Alone 2 became the third highest grossing film of 1992 behind Disney's animated Aladdin and Warner Brothers classic The Bodyguard. 
As far as award wins and nominations, the film overall won one People's Choice Award for Favorite Comedy Motion Picture, and John Williams earned himself a BMI Music Award for his musical contributions to the film. So if you haven't seen this at all, haven't seen this since the early 90s, or if you're a purist who immediately hates all sequels and refuse to see this, here's a plot summary written by an anonymous author on IMDb. One year after Kevin McAllister was left home alone and had to defeat a pair of bumbling burglars, he accidentally finds himself stranded in New York City, and the same criminals are not far behind. I feel like they could have just put ditto, but in New York. Yeah, like <laughs> ditto, but New York. <laughs> same, but different. Um, so let's get into our fun facts. All right, let's do it. So our first fun fact is that Catherine O'Hara, who plays Mrs. McAllister, was worried that her character wasn't trying hard enough to find Kevin. In the first movie, she like really does everything in her power. She drives cross country. She She suffers with a bunch of polka players. Like she she, does so much. She sells her earrings. She's like screaming in the airport. Yeah. Yeah, sells her earrings. Like there's so much. So because she felt like... Her character wasn't trying hard enough to find Kevin in this one. Scenes were actually added to show her concern, which Hmm. my immediate thought is maybe the scene with her talking to the police officer and just various other ones. O'Hara said that she practiced her guilty, sad face at home. (laughs) I love her. Yes, she's the best. Um, So my first fun fact is that several cameras actually froze during production because it was so cold during filming. Wow. (laughs) I mean, I believe it, but like, whoa, you guys didn't have any backup there for like how to prevent that from happening. Oh my gosh. I'm like, do they not have like mobile heaters or anything? (laughs) Like no, no budget in the production costs for heat. Got to get them like their own little sweaters, like their little camera sweaters. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's crazy. So crazy. So my last fun fact is that all of the children who appeared in the toy store scene were allowed to take their favorite toy home as part of their salary. And even though it didn't work and was created (laughs) specifically for the movie as a prop, Macaulay Culkin was allowed to keep the talk boy. Oh, that's so cute. Isn't that so cute? I love that. That's adorable. What a great keepsake. So our last fun fact is that director Chris Columbus, it's also about how cold it was during filming. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like, which is perfect because it's so hot outside. I'm like, we need fun facts about the weather. Yes, Um, love it. (laughs) So director Chris Columbus recalled that the production spent a lot of money on artificial snow. So now we know where the production budget went. Yeah, what? (laughs) It's New York. Yes. (laughs) They spent a lot of money on artificial snow for Central Park. And then New York City had a blizzard. Guys, I don't work in production and I am not a (laughs) meteorologist, but I probably could have told you that like, wait a day. (laughs) Like you get snow in New York. (laughs) Seriously, it gets cold up here, guys. You're like, your cameras froze and that wasn't enough to give it away that like it might snow (laughs) in the near future. Oh That's my so gosh. funny. Although I feel like these might not have been in chronological order. I yeah. Like <laughs> the blizzard came before the um, cameras freezing. Totally possible. <laughs> so let's get into our game. Let's I'm do excited. it. 
All right, guys. So we're going to play a Christmas game because why not? (laughs) Where we've each found or created really bad plot lines for holiday movies. And the other person has to guess what movie it is from our terrible descriptions. I am so excited for this because like I had a full Jimmy Neutron brain blast moment. (laughs) I worked every single one of my last brain cells to put together some bad plot summary I feel like half of mine were self-created and half I got inspiration from like reddit (laughs) so (laughs) I love that for you all right Lex do you want to go first yes I was about to say should we rock paper scissors but how no 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 Um, I believe that you will have a good first one to kick us off (laughs) okay guys we're so giddy today like we're so excited I know I'm so excited (laughs) it's such a good day all right let's try this one first Man thinks his best friend hates his wife when really he's stalking her. Man thinks his best friend hates his wife when really he's stalking her. Um, Do you want to phone a friend? Do you want to? Is it love? Life? Is it love actually? Yes, it is. <laughs> ding, ding, yes. ding. <laughs> Amazing. One of the 5,000 plot lines from that movie. I want you guys to know I've never actually seen Love Actually, but I knew this because Tyler described that plot in a very similar way like years oh, ago no. to me. He was like, yeah, like this guy thinks that like his friend is like in love with his wife, but like the dude's actually like obsessed with her. And I was yeah. like, what is this movie? It's so weird. And everyone like, uh, like fans, like, I don't even know how to just like, what is it called when you put something on a pedestal? You like immortalize it or oh, something. Yeah. Everyone, yeah. Like, I mean, put it on a pedestal is a, is a good yes. way of putting it. Yeah. Everyone like freaks out over that scene because he's like, to me, you are perfect. And I'm like, she is married to your best friend. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It makes me cringe every time. Okay. All right. (laughs) So my first one is, well, I'm so excited for you to hear this. And I'm so nervous. A toy salesman commits manslaughter and takes the dead guy's identity. A toy salesman commits manslaughter and takes the dead guy's identity. It's got to be Santa Claus. It sure is. Yay! (laughs) I'm so glad you got that because I read these to Tyler also earlier. I'm going to roast him because he's not on the episode this week. (laughs) So I read them to him earlier and he only got one of them. And I was like, well, that doesn't count. That's because it's your favorite. (laughs) Yes. I'm not going to lie. I had the same one, but I made made up my own description. What is it? A lactose intolerant deadbeat dad murders Santa Claus and impersonates him to win back his son's affections. (laughs) (laughs) Just like full morbid. So Um, good. All right. So my next one is a clearly underpaid mailman tells the life story of a man who's raised by elves, befriends a wizard and fights an evil dictator by cover of night. Santa Claus is coming to town. Yes. Yes. That was good. I like I'm clearly so underpaid mailman. Yes. <laughs> I like the dictator, Burgermeister yeah. Meister Burger. I've been boozled. Um, <laughs> okay. So my next one is, and I'm going to give credit where credit is due. I did okay. get this one from Reddit. Oh, yay. Okay. Cousins and squirrels make for uninvited <laughs> house guests. <laughs> Wait a second. What? Cousins and squirrels make for uninvited house guests. Cousins and squirrels. You have to know this one. <laughs> it's got to be National Lampoons, right? Yes, it is. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this is the That's only one so that Tyler good. knew. <laughs> it was the That's only so one. <laughs> 
Oh my gosh. Okay, so I have <clears throat> a brother and sister learn the meaning of Christmas after losing Santa's hat, misplacing his reindeer, and getting him locked up in prison. P.S. Elves are hostile. Oh, wait, say it again. A brother and sister learn the meaning of Christmas after losing Santa's hat, misplacing his reindeer, and getting him locked up in prison. P.S. Elves are hostile. Is it Christmas Chronicle? Yes, it is. Yay. <laughs> I tried to throw like a newer one in there. Yeah, that's a good one. If anybody hasn't seen that one, it's actually really, really cute. I really like that movie a lot. Yeah, me too. Okay. Okay. My third one. Okay. Fuzzy dude steals gifts and gives them back. Yes. <laughs> it's the Grinch. It's the Grinch. It's the, 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 the Grinch. Grinch. <laughs> I love that. So, um, okay. I have to admit, like you said, give credit where credit's due. I did not write this one. Okay. Um, I think I got it from Google or something. Ooh, love like it. Like from one of those websites. So it says... <clears throat> A tech demo for other wintry movies. The snow effects were stellar, as was the Coco song, which I wish had made it to the film's final version, Frozen. Whoa, wait, say this again. <laughs> A tech demo for other wintry movies. The snow effects were stellar, as was the Coco song, which I wish had made it into the film's final version, Frozen. Oh, okay. Um, hmm. Ooh, I'm struggling with this one. What Coco song? I'm like, I'm like stumped on the Coco song. <laughs> Honestly, it's so funny because that's the one part that I think gives the whole thing away. I don't know. What is it? You give up? Yeah, this has totally stumped me. The sn is it Polar Express? Yes, it is. Oh my God. <laughs> I was like, what other movie has a Coco song? I've only seen Polar Express one time because I hate that movie <laughs> so much. Oh, I forgot. I had, well, I, I, the, the snow animation. I was like, okay, something with snow animation. I have to, <laughs> I have to think. Yes, I just love how they called it a tech demo because honestly, the animation does not hold up. It's so creepy. All of their faces are so uncanny valley to me. Like they're not quite right. <laughs> I love it. Okay, this one. What's your next one? This one was partially me, or I guess it's mostly. This one's also a Reddit one. Yeah. A group of runaways defang monsters and distribute broken toys. Rudolph! Yes! Yes! I love that. I <laughs> I have the same one, but my, my description is kind of longer. Um, <laughs> I found it online. It says, a social outcast of high birth is driven from the herd, lives in the wild with his sidekicks, then returns to become king and save his love interest. See also the Lion King. <laughs> I was going to say, see also the Lion King. <laughs> Perfect. <So good. laughs> oh my gosh. All right, so the next one that I have is an overworked and stressed couple gets ostracized by their neighbors when they try to go away for the holidays. Oh, Christmas with the Cranks. Yes. Yes. Oh, I love that movie. <laughs> they really do. They're like, we don't want to do the usual traditions. We want to do something else. And everyone's like, <gasps> what? Honestly, same. I'm the neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I love it. Wow. What a great movie. Good pick. Good pick. <laughs> Thanks. 
Okay. My next one is a bastard disrupts his birth father's <laughs> life and eats sugary Italian food. <laughs> Elf. So my original, so half of that is from Reddit and the, the rest of the other half is sugary yeah. Italian food I wrote. And my original oh, one was breaks his father's VCR yes! and Tyler did not get it. He was like, that's such a throwaway line. No, <laughs> no, because I had the same one, except I kind of rewrote it a little bit too. <laughs> I said a 30 year old man going through an identity crisis, breaks his dad's VCR, vandalizes his workplace and tries to get diabetes. Yes. Uh, what a great movie it's so good um all right so a group of bullies and a dog make a social outcast quit right before his directorial debut (laughs) wait (laughs) all right a group of bullies and a dog make a social outcast quit right before his directorial debut group of bullies and a dog wait is this Charlie Brown? Yes. <laughs> I'm dead. They're like, you can be director, but we hate you. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. My last one. Local hero stumbles upon another culture and decides to appropriate it. Wait, what? Hold on. Do that again. <laughs> Local hero stumbles upon another culture and decides to appropriate it. What? Local hero stumbles upon. Wait a second. You got this. I do not. I clearly do not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What? Do you want to phone a friend? Yes. (laughs) The local hero has a pet. Um, Who doesn't? (laughs) Honestly. And then the worst part is the only thing that keeps popping in my head is when Buddy the elf is walking up to Jovi and he's like, someone else shares my affinity for elf culture. <laughs> no, you have to think it's me. It's me. I came up with this one. So you got to think, what would I, <laughs> who am I as a person? This is also not strictly a Christmas gosh. movie. Oh my gosh. This is the nightmare before Christmas. It is. Stop it. <laughs> I love that. And then chaos ensues. Exactly. (laughs) All right. So I have two that I'm between for my last one. So you got to choose either A or B. Do both of them. I can guess both of them. Oh, okay. (laughs) All right. First one is, so in this time-bending ancient tale that questions what immortality is, a saint (laughs) and his polar opposite, pun intended, sibling are forced to spend the holidays together. A saint and his polar opposite. His polar opposite sibling. But it's funny because it's polar and he's in the North Pole. (laughs) In this time-bending ancient tale that questions what immortality is, a saint and his polar opposite sibling are forced to spend the holidays together. Whoa, what? All I can think of is Fred Claus. (laughs) It is Fred Claus! (laughs) Is it really? (laughs) Yes! Yes! Oh my gosh, I did it! In this time-bending ancient tale, because they're born in like 326 BC, and they're like, and it takes place in like modern times. Well, when you started, I was like, a Christmas carol? But then you said they they were siblings who had to spend the night, and I was like, oh, okay, so not that. Dead. This was fun. (laughs) Do you want, I was about to say, do you want one more? Yeah, go for one more if you want. Animated doll visits mystical land and beats a rock monster in order to gain a princess's help to fight rodents? 
Uh, okay, first of all, it's Barbie and the Nutcracker. Yes! <laughs> I was about to say, let me read that again. I was I forgot it's a rodent infestation. Listen, Sorry. it's I knew immediately the it. rock monster. Yes. Princess, gotta defeat rats. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Love it. Forever. Oh my gosh. That was fun. That was fun. I, I enjoyed that. All right. That was- <laughs> we ready to jump into the movie? Yes, we are. So how much did we watch this as kids? You know what? No. I only watched this a couple times as a kid. I watched this so much more as an adult, which is so interesting to me. I've seen this like a million times as an adult. As a kid, I was actually like, I watched the Home Alone movies, yeah. but I wasn't super into them the way I was into others. Um, but yeah, I definitely didn't watch this one a lot. I don't even know if we had this one yeah. on VHS. Um, what about you? I agree. I think I watched the first one more. Um, so I think I had only really watched this one as an adult, um, like back to back with right. the first one. Yeah, same. But what was it like for us to rewatch this? I have several notes. <laughs> I think that this movie doesn't deserve nearly any of the criticism that it got when it came out. Really? I think that a lot of critics were really harsh on this. Yeah. And this sequel kind of hit. I mean, it's it definitely has darker tones and it definitely has yeah. um, probably scenes that were unnecessary for the overall plot line. But yeah. I felt like it really touched on a lot of nostalgia from the first in ways that weren't too similar. Like, obviously, you know, it's part two. Like, they just do the whole thing again in New York. But yeah. A lot of it, I felt like, hit very special notes. Like when he's setting up his whole booby trap experience in the abandoned house yeah. or the renovated house, they used the same music from the first one, which I thought was a nice little callback. Yeah. Um, and they used different classic Christmas songs in this. I don't know. I I don't think it deserved, like, yes, there is definitely warranted criticism, but I don't think it deserves nearly as much as it got. I also want to point out that for Christmas in July last year, we rewatched Home Alone 1. Yeah, we did. Um, so <laughs> that was a fun callback to be able to do this again with the second one. We will not be doing the third one. Yes. <laughs> we will not be doing any more because it gets only worse after the second movie. Yeah, it ends after this. <laughs> yes, exactly. Although um, I will say with this movie, I do agree with the critics in some cases like not completely obviously because I really do like this movie yeah there's warranted criticisms yeah I think that um for example a lot of the small things were really good in this movie um well I guess I should start from the beginning so I kind of forgot how Kevin got lost in this movie or how he got left behind because I only remembered that the first movie like he was fully left behind like they didn't even try yeah um the second movie like it made sense that he got lost in the airport yeah this movie inspired a very long-held fear of mine of getting (laughs) lost in an airport and getting on the wrong plane yeah because when you're a kid you're like oh my god if I ever go to an airport now like they could just put me on like the wrong plane like I could just get on the wrong thing and like no one will know and 
Yeah, I was afraid of airports for a very long time, probably right up until we moved to L.A. (laughs) Yeah. Because once we moved to L.A., we had to fly all the time to go home. So I got very familiar and comfortable with airports. But for a long time, I really thought it was just as simple as like, yeah, they're just not going to check your ticket and put you on the flight. And oh my God, what if you're at the wrong gate? And then you get older and you realize, no, they like they have protections. They scan everything. Yeah. They make sure like you can't get on the wrong plane. Yeah. Although that's what I kind of thought was funny about this movie. Cause he ran into the lady, they dropped all of the boarding passes. And I was like, the second they pick them up and sort back through them, like she's going to know that somebody was on the plane that shouldn't have been on the plane. Yeah. It's also like, First of all, I mean, I get, yeah, you're closing the doors and you guys got to take off soon. But like, it was very clear that people were still sort of shuffling around on the plane. And honestly, those two people who got him on the plane deserve to be fired. Because how (laughs) are you just going to ask the kid, oh, do you see your dad? And let him point randomly in the plane. Like, you're supposed to go up to the parent and be like, hey, is this your kid? Yeah. And confirm with them. And then, you know, have the kid take a seat. Like, it was... Ooh, it was a failure across all fronts wow. there. Wow, times have changed. Yeah. <laughs> this movie also made me realize like a life goal that I never had before. Oh yeah. Um when I watched it a few years ago. To get lost in and New it's York. The whole- <laughs> <laughs> it's really not hard. It's, you can't get really lost in New York. It's kind of difficult. Oh wait, I was about to say it's kind of easy to get lost in New York. You I've think been to so? New York many times and I've been lost many times. Um, <laughs> I feel like it's a grid system. You figure it out eventually. <laughs> yeah. Um, but one of the things that I loved in this movie is when he gets picked up from the Plaza Hotel, which, by the way, he was like, I have my dad's wallet. Let me go to the most expensive hotel in the whole city. <laughs> <laughs> me as a kid. <laughs> yes. He is a high maintenance king and I love it. Listen, you see it on TV. It looks great. You have no concept of money as a child. <laughs> Just do it. None. So, um, but he gets picked up from the Plaza Hotel in a limo and they give him like a cheese pizza and he's in there watching yes. The Grinch. I was like, this is a life goal. I never knew I needed until now. Um, and I actually got to do it for my birthday like two years ago. Oh, that's right. You did. Yes. So before like literally months before the world shut down for COVID was my birthday. And that was like the last outing that I had before COVID hit. Um, And it was so much fun. Like my sister and my brother-in-law treated me to basically a limo ride in New York with a bunch of my friends. And it was a lot of fun, although they didn't allow pizza or the Grinch. So (laughs) it was kind of lacking in that aspect, but it was so much fun. That's so fun. (laughs) It was, I want to do it again though. <laughs> like, you should totally do it again and bring Maya. We should do make it. Her, make her ride around. Yeah. I'm like, once you move back, we should do it. We should totally do it. But every time I see that scene, I think of the John Mulaney joke from one of his standups where he's like, I watched that scene as a kid and I was like, this is the height of luxury. Yes. Like this is, this is it. You've like peaked. <laughs> Seriously though, there's no limit. I thought the same about um, the ice cream in bed scene yes! too. when I was a kid. I remember thinking like, that is exactly what I want out of life. Yes. <laughs> I'm an adult now and nothing has changed. So. Yes. That was one of the lines that made me laugh out loud when he was like, make it three. I'm not driving. I'm not I was driving. Like, what an icon. <laughs> Honestly, Peter McCall, like 
Why did I just say Peter? Honestly, Kevin McAllister is like life goals. This man is everything. Such goals. Yeah. Was very jealous of his entire experience minus almost getting killed by the goons. So, Right. I love him breaking the fourth wall the entire time, too. Oh, yeah. That was the best part about the first one. Yes. Best part about the second one. (laughs) When he's talking to the guy and he starts speaking French and he looks over at the camera like, what the heck is happening? (laughs) It's so good. So funny. And it was a good callback to the first one because the family was supposed to be going to France in the first one. Yes. Oh, I didn't even put that together. That's amazing. Yeah. So good. I noticed the foreshadowing for the first time during this rewatch. Oh, yeah? In the beginning, when he's in the room with his mom, and she's like, what is it with you in Christmas trees? Um, Yeah. And then later she finds him at the Christmas tree when they're, like, reconnected again. Yeah. I never noticed that before. That scene is always so sweet to me when she finds him at the Christmas tree because... As someone who also is very big on and loves Christmas trees, (laughs) that is where I would be as a child as well. Yes. For anybody who's ever been to New York or been to Rockefeller Center, it's magical. It's so magical to stand there with that enormous tree. Um, They have a whole ice skating rink down below it now. You can't stay there for too long because there's a lot of people. (laughs) There's a lot of people. But it's really magical and it's really beautiful. So it made 100% sense why a child would be just standing there marveling at it. Yeah. Um, honestly, I get so emotional every time Kevin's reunited with his mom. I know. Like it's, it's always the (laughs) sweetest thing. I always get so like teary eyed every time. Like Tyler and I were watching it yesterday and I was like, oh, this is my favorite scene. (laughs) I know. It's so good. Can I just say there's a few moments that I physically like laughed out loud. Like I know we always say now, like I laughed out loud, but it's more like a, but I literally laughed so hard at the part where Kevin calls out Uncle Frank and he's like, wouldn't want to spoil your fun, Mr. Cheapskate. I was like, stop it. Because Uncle Frank is the worst. He's the worst. He's seriously so horrible. And then the part where they're like, Kevin's not here. And like subtly just passing his bag back and forth. And then the mom goes, he's like, what? And the mom goes, Kevin! And like paints immediately. It's so good. Yeah, I feel like the parts that re- the parts that really made me laugh were just everything with Tim Curry, like everything with his character. <laughs> <laughs> him and Rob best. Schneider, which I didn't realize yes. I didn't realize it was Rob Schneider, yes! which is so funny. I I was about to say that I did not realize that was him. I'm really not used to seeing him outside of Adam Sandler movies. Same. So like this was kind <laughs> of so strange. Um like the part like I just see him as like, you can do it all night long. Like, yes. as that character, every single time I see him. But yeah, and then another moment that made me laugh was when the parents are talking to the police and they're like, well, we've never lost our luggage. And they both knock on wood. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. And then so the last good. one is when at the end when Buzz was like, all right, everyone, calm down. Hey, hey. And he tries to whistle, but he goes like, <laughs> and they all stop what they're doing anyways. So good. Oh my gosh. Enough with this goofy show of emotion. So good. So good. But I loved the cuts in this movie. Like, I thought whoever did the editing was genius in a bunch of parts. Like, for example, when they're like, Kevin doesn't know how to work a credit card. And it cuts to Kevin, like, (laughs) literally charging at the Plaza Hotel, his room. 
Yeah, which also reminds me of the first one when they were like, Kevin doesn't know how to buy groceries or take care of himself. Yes. And he's like at the store, like literally buying groceries. <laughs> and the part where he's like the Grinch smirk and it cuts to Mr. Hector yes. smiling like the Grinch. It was so genius. It was so, so good. Oh my gosh. And then um, just, I really liked the small things in this film. Like I said before, I really liked like the small hints to the first movie. Um, yeah, I didn't really care for the, the in your face ones, like when they woke up late again and the parents were like, we did it again. Yeah. That kind of felt like a cheap ploy for laughs, but the small things like actually being able to hear someone on the other end of the line when the mom answers the phone and they're like, mm-hmm. he's in New York. I thought stuff like that was really good. Or like the subtle callback to the first film when you see the M burned on Harry's hand. Oh, yeah. So I really liked that. Yeah, I did love all the small ones. Like I said, I like that they used the same song for him to set up with the second one. I like that they referenced the paint cans down the stairs. Yeah. (laughs) Which I thought was funny. That was good. And I like that they had him become friends with another old person in this one. Yes. (laughs) Like last time it was his neighbor, the creepy, like scary old neighbor. And this one was the bird lady. Right. And I like the bird lady. But then he also had the toy a shop owner guy who was fine. He was nice. Duncan, I'm, yeah. Yeah. I'm glad they didn't have him become like super close with that guy. I'm glad he was sort of like a peripheral character. How, why did I yeah. say it like that? A peripheral character. Yeah. So he's like sort of like a side character. So it just, it was nice that they introduced new characters and I didn't feel overwhelmed by how many there were. Yeah. And I liked that the hotel people were only in it for part of the movie. They also weren't like yeah. the whole movie. So you didn't have to keep track of like an entire ensemble cast. It was like yeah. Kevin's still the focus and there's just these kind of extra people sprinkled in, you know? Definitely. Um, especially with Mr. Duncan. Cause I like how they um, like built that small connection, like you said to him. Yeah. And then they were able to utilize that character and be like, Kevin, wanted to stop them from stealing money from this man because like obviously he's collecting the money for charity and then like he even writes the note and he's like sorry about your window you know like I thought that was really sweet and then I like how he's like literally says the most iconic line before throwing the brick through the window he's like another Christmas in the trenches I'm like oh my goodness I love (laughs) him so much and then I I did think it was funny though how I mean, I know, obviously, Kevin has a huge connection with, like, Christmas trees, and he makes a comment, like, how can you have Christmas without a Christmas tree? Um, But I was, like, the most fun I had at Christmas in recent years was, like, (laughs) going to Orlando and going to Disney at Christmas. But even then, they do have, like, fake Christmas trees up, so I'm, like, I kind of get it. I kind of get it, but... I understand, Kevin, because I am low-key a a Christmas purist, and I need to be where it's cold. I need to have Christmas trees. I need to see, like, Christmas decor. Um, Yeah, I the reason, like, Tyler and I, I think we've only ever spent one Christmas in L.A., and we were both miserable Mm -hmm. the whole time because it was warm outside, and, like, no one was around, and there's palm trees everywhere, and it just didn't feel like Christmas. Um, but I would like to do Christmas at Disney. I keep hearing that it's like super magical yeah. and that, yeah, they put up Christmas trees and make it feel like winter and they do like fake snow and stuff. Yeah. So I think I would make an exception for Disney, but I wouldn't want to go to like Miami. Yeah. For no, for sure not. Um, Disney was so much fun. And then they even had like Christmas, 
uh, Christmas choir singing at night, and they had Santa Claus come. Oh. Um, or I guess they called him Father Christmas in the parks, but they had like this one random corner that we went to, and my aunt and uncle showed me this where it's kind of hidden, but when you go back there, um, like they have Father Christmas come out, and like you hear the jingle bells, and he comes out and he's dressed to the nines like Santa Claus, and then he like reads a Christmas story to you, and it's so sweet. And I was like, I literally always feel like such a kid whenever I'm in Disney World and it's so much fun and I remember we went with Maya and she was just like mesmerized by him he was awesome oh, and I then love that um and then they have like a Christmas choir perform a concert at night and stuff and I thought that was really cool too and then when we were there um Gina I forget her her last name but she's from a league of their own um the mm-hmm. actress she was there like introducing the Christmas choir and I was like I love this lady so much and I feel so bad I can't remember her last name but um it was a lot of fun that's amazing yeah I would love to do that at some point though this movie I feel like touched on a lot of what I love about Christmas in New York um which I feel like Elf does a really good job of that as well yeah um a lot of them kind of touch on like like to be fair, New York is busy and dirty yeah. and not nearly as glamorous as it's made to be in these movies. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know, just you could feel like it was cold outside in this movie. Yeah. And you could feel like you saw all the decorations in the windows. And I don't know, it it captured a really childlike essence of being in New York yeah. at Christmas time as a kid that I feel like you don't quite get in most modern movies or even now as an adult walking around like, yes. Christmas in New York can still be magical and beautiful, but it's nothing compared to when you're like a kid going through yeah. Christmas in New York. And I feel like this movie did a really good job at making you feel like you were in that mind space again, you know? Yeah. This movie almost felt like a love note to New York. Like you saw all the major, yes. um, all the major like tourist attractions. You saw um, like all the busy streets. He was in a, like a yellow cab on the Brooklyn bridge. Like everything was so pretty. And I was like, New York doesn't look like this. It doesn't look like this in person. Yeah. (laughs) You're so right though. A love letter to New York. That is a perfect way to say it. Yeah. And then, um, how did you feel about Marvin Harry in this movie? I mean, I still think they're really funny and I still thought they had some really great lines in this. I think Joe Pesci gives his all to these movies like he gives it a hundred and ten percent like he does not stop yes and I don't know I wasn't bothered by the slightly darker tone of this one I mean I know people were like upset that there's an actual gun in it that there's like genuine hints that he's that Kevin's gonna get hurt and killed in Central Park but I'm like they also like literally hung him up on the back of a dude's door in the first one and tried to bite his fingers off so like (laughs) I don't think it's that crazy of a jump um yeah but I also felt like the darkness of the two of them complemented the fact that it was in New York now like yeah it had to be darker this isn't the suburbs of Chicago this is the streets of New York so I felt like it complemented that and I don't know I wasn't mad at it um I thought that the reasoning for why they were stealing made okay sense I thought it was very convenient that they would go in and try to steal from like a toy shop that just so happens to be donating to a children's hospital they're definitely opportunists (laughs) yeah but I thought it was funny that they were hiding out in the little doll houses like I thought that whole scene was hilarious yes but yeah I thought I thought it was 
a bit of a stretch. Yeah, it reminded me of Elf when he's like rolling behind the security guard. <laughs> he sees her in gimbals. <laughs> yes. I was like, no one thought to check the mini houses. <laughs> well, people are literally walking by them and they're just like <laughs> just frozen in the window. <laughs> they're like, don't be suspicious. Don't, don't be suspicious. suspicious. <laughs> but yeah, I... I thought that their reasoning for stealing was a little stretched in this one. Like the last one made sense. Like home burglaries because people are away for Christmas. Yeah. Totally makes sense. Like totally tracks. This one was almost like they're trying to pull off a heist. And I was like, they're a little bumbling yeah. for that. <laughs> it was like, that was like one of my complaints was like, uh, yes. Like, would they be able to like, or that's like, they're that? severely underqualified. Yeah. This is not an Ocean's <laughs> Eleven operation. <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was so funny, too, in the beginning, how they were like, the wet bandits escaped from prison. It's like, did they? Did they? (laughs) Someone left a back door open. Like, they didn't do a lot. Yes, exactly. Okay, so I did think that their whole ass beating at the end could have been avoided completely had they just ran yeah. <laughs> after like escaping from Duncan's toy chest. I'm like, why are you still following him? Like you have the money. Yeah, no, they're bumbling. It made no sense to me. I'm like, why do you, why? Like it, it was one of those things where I was like, why did they have to chase after him? And then the part where they're like, throw your camera down. I'm like, he can throw the camera down, but he still has the physical pictures. It's a Polaroid <laughs> camera. It's a Polaroid camera. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I did think that some of the stunts in this movie felt very forced and I didn't find them as funny as the first movie. Um, I feel like what made the first movie so special and so hilarious was that the stunts felt realistic. They felt like something that would actually happen to someone. Um, although there's still that one part where Marv like slams his feet on the ground (laughs) before like looking down. but. Like this one, certain things, I was like, why? Like certain stunts that they had them do or that they had the stunt doubles do, it just, it felt more like a cartoon come to life yeah, and less like something that could actually happen. Yeah. Some of them, yeah, definitely felt over the top. Like they're trying to one up the last movie. Yeah. And some of them were funny. Like I said, yeah. the paint cans on the stairwell and then the whole bar comes down instead. That was funny. Right. But like some of them, yeah, I agree. Because then they like one up it, right? Like you could have just had them like fall on the ground. I'd be like, oh, we're in yeah. pain. But then like Kevin cuts the rope and the whole bar yes. like rolls and falls on them. And I was like, that's a yes. bit much. <laughs> So yeah, I totally agree. I think a little overdone. Like not to the point that I'm going to massively complain, but just like a little overdone. Yeah. Like for example, the part where Harry tries to jump to the ladder and like you don't see that the ladder's dripping in like slippery goo or whatever, but all of a sudden when he slips and falls, all of a sudden goo falls on his face. It's like clearly there was no goo on there when he jumped and now there's suddenly like a bunch of goo on his face or like how Marv has the green glue on the green goo on the floor and he slips on it. Right. Right. And all of a sudden he slips, but he 
like slips like 20 feet away and it's like people don't fall like that but it just seemed like one of those things where it was like it's unrealistic but it's hilarious so let's go with it yeah totally two parts in this movie that didn't really that would have were probably kind of problematic by today's care by today's standards are definitely the parts with the guns in it like when harry has the gun and then when they're like there's a crazy person in the hotel with a gun i was like yeah that didn't really age very well yeah did not the scenes are so small though i'm like it's really not that horrible but yeah it wasn't it probably doesn't hold up by today's standards with everything going on. So yeah, totally, totally agree. I only have a few more notes and they're mainly about the end um, because I thought that it was hilarious how like his family was so excited to go to New York and spend Christmas in New York. And then Mr. Duncan sends them all these presents and right. they stay in like the nicest room in the Plaza Hotel. Um I thought it was so funny how they have a two-story hotel room with, like, a massive living room. Yeah. But all the kids are sharing a room still. <laughs> you know, there's something about that, though. When it was Christmas Eve, my brother and I used to share a room sometimes when we were little, little kids. Because it was just, like, the excitement of, like, we're going to wake up together and, like, experience Christmas. So yeah. I think that's really sweet. But, yes, it is funny that they're all, like, 14 of the children are, like, crammed into one room. Yes! <laughs> Like on top of each other, and then the parents arrive like through double doors. Yeah, the, to the drama living room, of it all, like from their <laughs> master suite. Um, and then another part that made me laugh was the aunt when she's like, "Save the paper, we can use it for next year." I was like, "You're gonna take all that paper back with you to Chicago? <laughs> like, you guys are not home. Yeah, <laughs> how are you gonna save all this?" Um, and then they really should put a bill like a bell on Kevin. Yeah. He sneaks out again while they're opening the yeah. presents and nobody notices until they get the bill. They're just really bad parents. I'm going to be honest. They're just bad Seriously. parents. <laughs> and then the last note that I have is I love how this film ends. I love that it ends with Kevin, you spent $967 on room service. <laughs> and then Kevin's face just goes, <gasps> and then it ends. And did you read the receipt? At the end, I literally paused it so that I could read what he ordered from room service. I was like, no, what was it? I was like, being someone who's worked in the, like, what, the food industry, I was like, I want to know what he ordered and how much everything was. What did he order? So this man ordered two chocolate cakes. Of course. Six chocolate mousses. A crap ton of toppings. Of course. Six custard flans. I don't blame him. One whole pastry cart. Yep. <laughs> eight strawberry tarts. Same. <laughs> 36 chocolate covered strawberries. Oh, only three. And a side of diabetes. <laughs> I would have, yeah, I don't disagree with anything in that list. So, <laughs> yes. And everything totaled $728. Mm-hmm. But Kevin tipped. Okay, the ice cream man deserved it. We all saw him. (laughs) Yes. So, long story short, a 10-year-old can tip. So, so can you, everyone. Tip your waiters. (laughs) (laughs) We're not joking, though. Like, tip your waiters. (laughs) Seriously, seriously. It was so good, though. Um, So, let's get into our critic ratings. So, for critic ratings, the 1992 film Home Alone 2 received a 6.8 out of 10 on IMDb, an insanely bad 35% critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes, a 62% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, and 3 out of 5 stars on Common Sense Media. 
And just keep in mind, the original was rated 7.7 out of 10 on IMDb, a 67% critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes, 80% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, and four out of five stars on Common Sense Media. Got it. Okay. Well, for our ratings, we can rate this film on a scale from A plus to F minus. A plus meaning even though it's 90 degrees outside, this film brings me so much holiday joy. Kevin being left home alone is the best film premise ever, and I will definitely rewatch this not only during the holidays, but all year. F minus meaning they basically copied and pasted the first film and added New York City backdrops. This film's been smooching with everybody, and I would <laughs> rather have my house booby trapped than watch this again. Even little Mo with the gimpy with the leg. Gimpy leg. <laughs> And Cliff, <laughs> just as a reminder, for our Home Alone episode a year ago, Lex rated the OG an A+, and I rated it an A+, as well. So based on this rating scale and our scores from the past episode, Lex, how would you rate the 1992 film Home Alone 2? I'm going to give this movie an A. I didn't think it was as great as the original, but I still had so much fun watching it. And honestly, like there are plot holes in it, but I think it's it's really it's so much holiday fun. Um, but what about you? I am giving it the exact same for the same Yay! reasons. Stop trying to copy me. I know. I'm also giving it an A. I think that this movie is just so charming that you can yeah. overlook the plot holes. Even any criticisms that we said, like, it's so cute. And you really feel like you're in New York and experiencing the magic through a child's eyes. And yeah. it's just a lot of fun. So definitely an A. I always rewatch this one every single year. Yeah, same. So thank you everyone for joining us. Give us a follow on social media to see what we have coming up next. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Chasing Childhood Podcast and on Facebook at Just Chasing Childhood. Also, please be sure to give us a rating on whatever listening platform you're using to tune in. It really helps promote our channel and we appreciate any and all feedback. If you have any film suggestions or just want to reach out and say hi, you can reach us via social media DMs or email at Chasing Childhood Podcast at gmail.com. Woo! Merry Christmas in July! Yes! It's the most wonderful time of the year! Kind of. The second one. Yes! <laughs> December's the first. It's a close second, though. Close second. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much, everybody. Bye, everyone! Bye! Bye, you filthy animals! <laughs> <laughs>